Greetings, readers. This is the Recap Book Chat. We are thrilled that you're with us because reading illuminates your life like a star. As J.R.R. Tolkien said, little by little, one travels far. book chat. Today we are diving into our first memoir called The Reading Promise by Alice Ozma, which was published in 2011 and it's her first novel mm-hmm. and it's our first memoir. Yes. And so where did you first hear about this book? Okay, there's um, the lady from the Read, Read Aloud Revival uh, she has a top ten list every year, and this was in her top ten. One of the years she had this for her top ten, and she said she even reread it. So I thought, well, if, if it's worth rereading, and I see why. There's a plethora of book uh, choices. There's many books out there, but books are not equal, as we know. So, and there's really a lot of good quality books. And we've al- you already sent me a book after we read that. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited. Oliver Twist by Charles Dickens. Yeah. So that came from this. So what did you rate it? What was your... Uh, and I have read other reviews, and some people marked it way down because they thought that it had some sadness in it. and they did. But, you know, life has sadness in it. So mm-hmm. I gave it five stars because I thought... Um, dealing and and you see kids go through divorce and she's dealing with a divorce and her mother leaves them there there was some sadness but books brought them together and you know what am I going to write a book that where books are the solution Mm -hmm. what about you (laughs) here we go don't be upset (laughs) I'm not gonna we're together so I may throw something I gave it four stars and not because of the content. I, I thought the content was really good. I There's so much I got out of it, but I, I don't know, just the overall for me, like it was really hard for me to finish this for some reason. Like it, you you helped me finish it. Like it, I think maybe it was different because it is a memoir and it's not necessarily following a, a plot. And so, you know, I'm used to once you hit that certain point, you can't put it down. And, um, that never comes, it never comes, but it's different and, and not that it's bad. And I, again, like I highly recommend it, but for me, the four stars is just, I probably wouldn't reread it just because it was so hard the first time. And and not that there's anything wrong with it, but I got, I really got so much out of it. I'm grateful that I read it and I recommend it. It's a great book. And so many, like, like you said, it's a great reference. It's a great and I think for her, it was probably extremely therapeutic. I think, that, like, being able to look at your past and, reflect. like, reflect and kind of and pull out, like, all these wonderful, meaningful um, things that happened in your past and with your dad, I think it's, it's super powerful. So it's a great book. Don't get me wrong. But And here's a quote. Here's one of the stars. quotes. Uh, Reading to someone is an act of love. Nothing that lasts has ever, nothing that lasts has been accomplished without effort. So um, that's her dad uh, reading to her for uh, what ended up being 3,218 nights without 
So a give break. so give a, a an overview of what that means because if you've never heard of the reading promise. Well, um, he had two daughters, Jim Brazina. Mm-hmm. He had two daughters, and uh, the first one he was reading to her, and she actually did not want him to finish Dear Mr. Henshaw. So here comes Alice, and he called that the Mr. Henshaw, the curse of Mr. Henshaw. And he, of course, is afraid. He is a elementary school librarian, so um, it was his, this is his jam, in, mm-hmm. so to speak. And, but Alice loved it. And so they said, a hundred nights. However, they were already reading, like I read to you guys, mm-hmm. you know, they, they were reading, but with that extra commitment saying, we're not ever going to miss. You can be sick, we're going to read. You can, mm-hmm. we can be traveling, you're going to read. At one time he had, he his voice was gone and they still read. Yeah. There was no excuses. And I love that because I think. Too, it's too easy to make excuses. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was going to do that. Um, you know. I, so I always, even when you guys were little, I tried, if I said something, I was going to do it because I grew up where a lot of things were said and they weren't carried through. And I said, kids need consistency. Mm-hmm. And that's what I appreciated most about that, his doggedness, that it was going to happen. Yes. You know. And um, they had... They went through death. His his dad died, so that would be her grandfather. She's dealing with that, and she talks about how meeting that in a text, in a book, helped her. And there is, and I had read so many of the books that were in the book. So of course, I starred the ones I'd read, and I, it was fun. It was fun to me. <laughs> I, I probably got more fun than you did. And there was a quote that said, "It's from the book Each Little Bird That Sings." Everybody cried because death is hard, death is sad, but death is a part of life. When someone you know dies, it's your job to keep on living. Mm-hmm. And I just thought, you know, and, and I had read that book, and um, I was just remembering. And it, it's just like meeting a lot of old friends. What was the book that came out of? That came out of um, Each Little Bird That Sings, which is not a precious book, but... That is an unusual book because they live o- over a funeral home. Oh, Her parents yeah. run that. And I remember at the back of that, there's a recipe for sweet tea. <laughs> because they said funerals, you know, people bring, uh, they bring food and everything. And, and she said, of course, in the South, we make the best sweet tea. And mm-hmm. she gave a recipe for it. But I thought it was funny. But, um, and you made, you thought, you pulled something out too that's not even mentioned in the book, which, but I agree with. Because it talks about how the dad doesn't like people to touch him. And so, and initially when they're reading, he would allow her to kind of lean on him. In the crook of his arm. And yeah. while they're reading. But there's they had kind of a fight at one point and they never got back to that. But you said that you think that he could have been on the spectrum. And that makes, that makes a lot of sense. Because um, he is good about like, Sticking He's to a perfectionist. He needs a routine, mm-hmm. and he will follow the routine. Yeah, and very, like you said, doggedly. And he likes yeah. texture. He likes everything ironed. He ironed her clothes. He ironed his. Everything has to be ironed. And But he's not in tune to other people. Like the mom, it, she leaves on Thanksgiving Day and just walks out. Uh, 
that is hard. Now, I would I would not read this book to a kid, you yeah. know, because it is a bit of a novel. There's a story going on, and it's the story of a family falling apart, and reading keeps the dad and the daughter together. Yeah. So I think there is a story there. And it's about, and I feel like that's kind of rare. I know there's single fathers out there, mm-hmm. but, like, he, he definitely poured into his daughters. I mean, the best that he possibly could. Um. And she says this, Alice didn't like Thanksgiving. I liked to eat, of course, but I also liked to stop when I was full. And I thought that was funny because on Thanksgiving people gorge themselves. Mm -hmm. But I had a connection to your dad because he doesn't like Thanksgiving, but his dad passed away on Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Alice will probably never like Thanksgiving. Yeah. And I thought how selfish that was of her mom to leave on Thanksgiving. Yeah. She could have went the day after Thanksgiving would have made a huge difference, you know, but she didn't. But but she had mental prob- health problems, yeah. too. But I, not in the right Thanksgiving. Yeah. But I, I'm thinking one of the funny, and there were some funny things in there, so, which made me connect to you, because when you were little and you were in school, oh my goodness, when they brought the book fair stuff out, Kate was like, ha, ah, ah, ha, ah. ha. Oh, and she's it, counting yeah. her pennies and her nickels, dimes, and she just loved the book fair. And, and so do I. But here, Alice even went a step above. She's making posters. She's putting it all over the school. And then she gets in the office, and she's she's doing announcements. Come to the book fair. Come to the book fair. And anything. And she gets locked in there, mm-hmm. which is hilarious. And she can't figure out how to get out. And... They're in there for a while. They're eating. What was they? What were they eating? Some Tootsie candy rolls or something that they had found. And I kept saying, "Why don't they make an announcement?" Yeah, Finally, the, I think it was the friend that said, "Hey, we can make an announcement." And then, then they did. But they it was did. funny. That was, was funny. funny. And uh, that, and and you just because so her dad's the librarian, so she wanted him to have the best book fair sales ever, and I think it, she accomplished that. But I, I totally related when she said the, you know, the excitement. When you see those metal cases before they're even open. Because a couple of days they're going to be parked yeah. in your, and you're just like, oh, you know, the book fair is coming. So. And I think that is, you know, we have Amazon. It'll deliver it to your door. But we don't have anticipation and the deferring gratification. Mm-hmm. Like you said, wanting to open them up and look at them. And just, it's kind of like the... The hype about Christmas is really all the time before. Mm-hmm. Just the getting it ready. There's and presents, all that. Mm-hmm. but you can't open them yet. Yeah. I mean, and we need to do that more. We do. Like, that's what I like about a book stack because you have your stack, and, and each one of those books is a, like a gift. And, but we can't, we can't open them all at once. No. Well, so some, of, some of us <laughs> do. And you well, know who all, you are. <laughs> not all of Not all of them, but most of us can't. Most of us don't want it to time. <laughs> and when, when they call Jim, uh, so Alice and her friend are trapped down there, and they give the message to Jim to come and get them. And they're so happy he came, and he said, well, um, what do you think I came down to the office for, to see what I thought of the wallpaper? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I... Alice was just happy. I guess Alice thought he might not come. Yeah. He might not leave the book fair to come and get her. Do you think that? He might, yeah. One of my favorite quotes was, in order to be a better parent, you had to be a better person. And that could mean facing some pretty intimidating intimidation, intimidating demons. 
Ooh. And I thought that was powerful. And that was later on when she was grown up. They were talking um, about parents kind of doing the hard thing and what that looked like and stuff. I thought that was good. And in each book, of course, I like books. Uh, I like quotes. And each chapter starts with a quote from a book. Mm -hmm. And they started their streak with uh, Wizard of Oz, and they ended it with Wizard of Oz. So, and and they reread books, and that was, I mean, like she said, they reread Harry, Harry Potter, Potter three times the whole series. Three and her times. dad didn't even like Harry Potter, which was but, fascinating. That, but and what was the stipulation? They could read. They had to read for at least ten minutes. I think so. And it had to be before midnight. And that was another funny part was when she was in funny for a play. The reader, but yeah, funny not for the for reader. Her. So she's in the theater at school, and but it's getting close to midnight, and they have to get their reading in before midnight. And so the dad shows up and, and waits for a while. And waits for a while, but the director of the play is saying, No one's going home till we get all this notes. They were doing the notes. Doing the know. notes till we get all this done. And anyway, it's getting close, and so the dad he goes and he need, he says, I need a, I need to read. I I need <laughs> I need my daughter, and the guy said uh, no, and then he told him, I have to read to her before midnight, and uh, it really embarrassed her. And but I was I was like her. All she all he had to say is it's urgent. I need to speak to my daughter, and this is an urgent matter. Yeah. But he didn't have to tell him what they were doing. And so the, the director just canceled it, and they all walked out past him in the parking lot while he's reading Agatha Christie's Then There Were None, which we'd read Which that we'd book. already read. Yeah. yeah. And, um, but then I think that made them grow closer, though. Yeah. I mean, I think it did. They were just like... I think what I think that helped Alice see, too, is that because that was different. And her dad's different. He's a librarian. He's... There's, there's even a little short um, documentary on him called In Their Shoes or something. Because he walks with neon clothes and barbells and a pipe in his mouth 10 miles every day in uh, the town that they live in. And people, so he's, but he's comfortable with being different. And I think that right there when they're outside of the theater reading and everyone's passing. She's not comfortable. She's not comfortable, is. but I think that was a lesson to her. Like to embrace, but he that. did read fast. He read fast, yeah, and and he pre-read everything he read, yeah, to which her was fascinating to get the voices right and everything. And I mean, I think that that's huge. Um, what? And there was another funny part. So as they're, uh, I forget. She has a boy. Her sister came home, and she had a boyfriend, and they're decorating the tree, and her dad puts this big ornament of Elvis on the tree and she said something about of all the uh, pictures that they took of Elvis you would think you would think they could find two more flattering pictures one was he was sweaty and chubby and the other he was tired and screaming <laughs> so and she Alice had bought the tree so she's going to take it down and the boyfriend which you know I don't know if he married her sister or what but he said he said something like I think you should leave it there because it goes with your family. Yeah. And when you were talking about being different. Yeah, embracing that. Mm -hmm. And she ended up putting the star and the fat chubby Elvis on there. Yeah. But I thought she she was pretty witty because she, she's thinking out of all the thousands of... And I agree with her. He took some good pictures. Why did they make the ornament into the worst? Yeah. But, you know, I, I don't know. My 
And this was another one. It has long been an axiom, axiom of mine. The little things are infinitely the most important. And that's from uh, The Adventures of Sherlock Holmes, which I've never read. But I do think it. little things are important. Because just like this, I, you know, you tell kids you need to read every day if you want to get better. Mm -hmm. Or play basketball every day. You know, whatever. But the little things add up. They do. That's and huge. Definitely. And his, um, his life, her dad's life, had been shaped by extreme poverty. Mm. And that had helped shape him. And I think that might be why he wanted everything ironed. Because in his life it probably wasn't. Mm -hmm. And... Then he tells a story about his dad worked extremely hard, and his dad would pay him a nickel to rub his feet. And that was their only time together. Yeah, which I, I don't. I think you, if, especially if you have more than one kid, it is a struggle to get alone with that one kid. Mm -hmm. But I know just today we were making pancakes, and Jonah wants time with me just making the pancakes, mm -hmm. which I thought, yeah, because Titus act like he was going to come in there, and he's like, Nana and I, we have it. We've got it. We've got it. So I think that one-on-one -on -one time. time is special. And Alice got a lot of that because she was the baby and the sister left. So she did get a lot of one-on-one -on -one time. And But I, I'm just impressed that he – he was such a great dad. I mean, I think he's, I mean, he's probably still is a great dad, but he put in, he did his very best to raise her. And, um, even editing, teenage, the, yeah. editing the books that would talk about something girl, I mean, which would embarrass him. Mm -hmm. I think she probably would have been all right with it, yeah. but he just tried so hard to, and she said the books helped him to understand her. Yes. It gave him a common language language and but they did other stuff too they went to museums and um yeah they loved art mm -hmm. and stuff yeah he tells a story about when he was little he really wanted a bicycle and he said he was going to win this bike contest do you remember that yeah. part oh mm -hmm. that was and and so he tried uh he sold what were they uh, uh, you know it was the boy scout Anyway, something. To come to find out, the Chocolates. contest was rigged. Yeah. I could not believe it. And guess who won? The, the scout leader's son. Yeah. Yeah, so disappointing. Devastating. And I don't think people realize what they do to little kids when that kind of stuff happens. They didn't realize that he needed that bike more than the other kid. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and he worked just, so I couldn't hard believe it. it. And that's why at one part in the story, he um, gets on this bike fetish, so he's buying a lot of bikes. Remember? Mm -hmm. And she kind of wants to fight against it because they're, they're putting them in the basement and all that. But then she finally kind of realizes that, you know, you've got to pick your battles. Yeah. You and know? that's kind of his therapy. And he had some kind of problem because when they went to celebrate, so they started out and they were going to do 100 days. And at the end of the 100 days, they celebrated with a pancake breakfast, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know if you caught that, but it says, I opened five butter packets as fast as I could while I considered, uh, oh, I opened five butter packets as fast as I could uh, because her, my father's hands always shook. Mm. So I thought, so he's dealing with, I don't know why his hands would shake, but they always shook. Mm -hmm. So um, I thought that, how, how sweet of her. She's opening these packets. They're not for herself, they're for him. So he can butter them. And uh, I was just like, yeah. Um. And another underlying thing that it gets into is, so he's a librarian, and he 
takes his job extremely serious. I mean, he even brought in couches and different things to make the library comfortable. He reads to the kids, does all these voices, all of that for how many years? Year, Year, uh, yeah. His whole career. And then towards the end, they're telling him he's not allowed to do that anymore. Like, he's not allowed to read. They're putting in computers. And so... And he's in a school of poverty. mm -hmm. And he said, these kids need books. They need someone to read to them. And it broke his heart. Yeah. And and Alice, um, I it think... It broke her heart, too. Yeah, and I think that that may have been what even inspired her to write this. Just I to, think, to bring yeah. back the importance of reading and, and to honor her dad and his career because that's really sad when he's he's poured his soul into um, being his career, being a librarian to the kids, and then right at the end to be brushed off like you don't matter. And she says in there, and I didn't write that quote down, but it was so good about uh, there's something when someone you love is hurting that mm-hmm. hurts so deep. I mean, and when you can't fix it. Mm-hmm. And she wanted to fix it, but she couldn't. And, you know, that, that disturbed me. It so was bad. Hard. That was bad. And they tried. I mean, he did, every, he did everything right. He took it to the board. He had a whole presentation. He had other people, um, other authors even, making recommendations and things like this. Mm-hmm. Like Jim Trelease. Jim Trelease. Oh, he was the good guy. Which I, I was proud. I was like, oh, please. to Jim Trelease. Yeah. I was like, oh. Yeah. And even all that, it that ended up the same. We just want the kids on computers. We don't need a librarian. Bye. And, but he didn't let that discourage him. He kept going. He, would, he went and read to the senior citizens. And I think he even started reading to pre-Kers and stuff like that. But it's just sad that, that, oh, that our whole, society is leaning that way. Yeah. So. And another sad thing was she had an English teacher who didn't like her. Because, and she got a C in English, and that's her favorite subject, and she was devastated by Mm -hmm. it. And he took her for ice cream, you know, because he was like, I think I wrote, um, I tried to be the best, oh, wait a minute, Alice was so upset when she got the C in her favorite subject, I can't remember what we read that night, but I remember how comforting it was. His words surround me, wrapping me up like a blanket. And so I thought. And keeping out the cold. He believed me. He believed in me. You had that too? I wrote that too. That was one of my favorite ones because and to me that told me it's like it's not necessarily about what you do or what you say. Or even the book. Or even the book. It's being there. Yeah. That he was there. And that's comforting in and of itself. Because she couldn't remember the book they read, but mm-hmm. she remembered the feeling mm-hmm. and everything. That's powerful. Yeah. Because the teacher had been so terrible. Another thing, the parents, because the mom walked out, of course, but it said... Uh, whatever speaking was done between her parents, it was never constructive. And so what Alice did, she took that, and it said that she made a mental note uh, that she wanted her questions to work, and she wanted to get him talking, and that's how she became the best possible listener ever because she knew her, her questions were good if it got him talking. Mm. So she tried to, to bring, whereas the mom did not do that because the mom was about her. So I... Um, I, I'm, I'm not kidding you. In the back, I, I don't know if I have how many books there were, but I've read 73 of them. Oh, you counted. Yeah. I didn't I didn't even look. But and you know what? That's not even the full list because they said they didn't write it down when they did the streak. So this these are just the books that they could remember that they yeah. read. So, I mean, it's an impressive list of how many books are back there. And then there's a part at the end where, she, where I think Alice has a boyfriend now. 
and they're talking about um, somebody have, climbing a mountain or something, remember? Mm -hmm. And the girls didn't get it because it's dangerous. This guy had kids, and they really didn't think the, the guy should climb the mountain. And, our, and then Jim says he has to climb the mountain. And her boyfriend gets it, too. And it says, you, and it says um, be your own person before you try to be anything else. And he said, be a dad to be the best, you know, uh, I hate to mention Secretariat again, that movie, but in that, she so believes in Secretariat, and she goes against her husband, she goes against all, I mean, she leaves Denver, and she lives there with, sec, you know, there with their group, and um, then at the end, the, the father, her husband says, you taught our kids to, be, to do something that I could never teach them. Because you, she believed she could, and she believed in him, mm -hmm. and that's what he's saying. You've got to. I, I just thought you've got to be your own person, and I, I'm like, that tied in with my. That was that favorite quote I said earlier. That's that's the context, and when they said, in order to be a better parent, you had to be a better person, and that could mean facing some pretty intimidating demons. So facing to be a better parent, to be a better person, you have to face the things you don't want to face. And deal with the issues you don't want to deal with. Um, I think I read that some... That was... Was that Star Wars? That when he goes... When he's at the Dagobah system with... It's Luke and Yoda. And he has... Luke has to go into this cave. And he's he doesn't know what he's going to face there. But it's basically... The cave is like you're facing your inner demons. Like you don't want to deal with it. What are, what are you not... What are you avoiding? And that's the thing that you need to deal with most. Mm -hmm. Because therein lies your... What have you hidden? The the you answer know? that you're looking for, it lies in what you're avoiding. <laughs> so so what was your most memorable scene? Well, um, I, I had one more quote. The streak was about spending time together and taking the stress out of daily life. And we read that in another book. Oh, I think it was the Agatha Christie book, and then there were none. So you got people dying all around you, remember? And they said what a comfort tea time was. Mm -hmm. So I think the routine, if, if you read aloud enough, you know, or read even to yourself, you've got that, uh, it, it helps you decompress. Mm -hmm. And in America, we don't do that. No. We want it to be new. We want it to be fast. We want it to be quick. And, you know, I don't even like this when I see... Three-minute Bible stories. I said, really? We're timing it? I mean, can we just have a Bible story, but three-minute Bible mm -hmm. story? You know, three-minute devotional. One, I mean, I, I don't know why we're, we're running a stopwatch all the time. It's because attention spans aren't there. But I think hers was, mm -hmm. and I think, I think that's important. So I'm, I'm like, um, it, it was a promise of hope in hopeless times. It was a promise of comfort when things got uncomfortable. And we kept our promise to each other. How can you not give that five stars? <laughs> just, I don't know, but you know, like we're, I we're said, the, the content is worth five stars, but the overall, the the overall book. But and in the back, she has the actual reading promise. You know, mm -hmm. so when and when I read, I'm a little bit like him because when we started, I wanted to do it every night. And I was pretty relentless. And like your dad would be, well, let's watch a movie. Let's do this. You know, he would. But I, once I commit to something, you know, because I've had so many teachers, they say, well, I don't have time to read aloud every day. I don't have time. I said, you have time to breathe. Mm -hmm. 
give time to read aloud. Because I think, I've never had a kid come back to me after 10, 20 years and say, those worksheets we did, whoa, Miss Barnes, they yeah. were so cool. No, I, I, but I've had them say, uh, oh, man, Trouble River, I still remember you making the voice for the grandma. I still remember going down the rapids. I mean, and sometimes I won't even remember the book, but they will. And so all the, I've had, everybody that says something, it's always about a book, usually. Well, that's what's cool, too, is because it's like you, it's an experience. It's not just, you're not just taking up time, you're actually experiencing something together. So you're yeah. going through the hardships of the book together, and you're learning together, and it builds up that camaraderie yeah. for your classroom or at home. Yeah, even. the community. Yeah, that, that, in that language, you can quote from something, you can tie it to something else with a quote from a book, it's kind of like a secret language. Oh, it is. Yeah, yeah it's kind of like a secret language. True. Yeah. True. I, I mean, what about you? Thoughts? Um, my Well, my most memorable scene, I would say, was um, there's a car crash in there. And I would say, I won't, I won't spoil it, but that was very memorable. And then, of course, the book fair. That was my, the happy, memorable scene. Because I could totally relate um to being so excited for the book fair. And I thought it was cool that she she was on the side. I, I was never on the side where I was, like, helping sell anything. You know, I, I was paid. <laughs> but I thought that was cool. Um, would you recommend the book? Uh, yes. And why? Well, especially, so, having, because when I went to Harding University in um, years ago, I had a delightful teacher. Her name was Dr. Watson, and we had to read a hundred books and do a card file on them, you know, and all that. So, and I hadn't been read to, and she had, you could choose, but it had to be from her list. Her list was probably like 500, and you had to choose a hundred. And when she told us that assignment at the beginning of the year, I'm like, I, my head was spinning, because I said, there's no way I can read a hundred books. And I was kind of like him, there's no way I could stop. Mm. And so, was I a reader before then? Yes, I was. But was I a voracious reader? No. not. And then I got into the Newbery books. I didn't even know what a Newbery book was. Didn't mm -hmm. even know. And she made us read so many Newbery, so many Caldecott. And, and I remember reading, like, um, it was a Calico Captive, I think. And I was just like, did I neglect my other classes? Probably. Because in my file, I was just so proud of that. You know, and um, like I ended up with probably 120 something. Didn't know she was going to give bonus points if you went beyond that, but I think a lot of people went beyond it. But here's a woman that would read to us in college and cry. She would cry and it, she would laugh and do these. And I said, I, that is what I want to be. So to me, if you're a parent and you're reading to your kids, what are they going to do when they grow up? They're going to read to their kids. So if you want your grandchildren to be read to, read to your kids. Mm -hmm. And that's what I tell my kids at school. I said, someday you're going to be mamas and daddies and everything. And the one thing you can do, I mean, if you have no no funds, you can go to the library. Yeah, it's free. So there's really no excuses it, other than the time factor. But I still think if you can't do it at night, could you wake up 10 minutes early and do it in the morning. But you, but make, you make time for what's important. That's right. And... We always usually did it at night, and it went longer than 10 minutes. 
mm-hmm. you know. But I think 10 minutes is good to grow. Because in Jim Trelease's book, he says, for experienced listeners. And I would think this book right here, The Reading Promise, would be for experienced readers. Yes. Uh, and just if this is your first book, not no, I wouldn't. But it also is a lot of good uh, a book list in the back, too. I mean, they read all the Ramona books. They read Harry Potter, Encyclopedia Brown. I mean, there's just a lot and of books. The other thing that's interesting is I thought, did you get this too, like, because it is a memoir, it's different. But I feel like every chapter stood on its own. Oh, yeah. So mm-hmm. you, even if you, I mean, you could pick it up and read one chapter and put it down and not read it again for a while. You still get a lot from one chapter. Like, it's it's kind of a standalone, each chapter. And that may be why it was hard for you to finish it. Yeah. Because it was, and there was, and she makes really good connections because, uh, this is when her dad had been slammed by the school district and everything. Uh, said, over the next few weeks, my mind kept wandering to an episode of the Twilight Zone. Do you remember this? Mm-hmm. The Obsolete Man. And it stars Burgess Meredith as a man put on trial and sentenced to death for the crime of being a librarian. And I said, man, I'm going to watch that. Yeah. yeah. I was just saying. Uh, so... Uh, because I'm a teacher, I know all this stuff that they said about the school, she wasn't exaggerating. It happens. Because mm-hmm. he said, anytime you get a new superintendent, a new principal, they don't want to change things. They do. Yeah. I mean, it, it can be perfect. Running like a well-oiled machine, and we're going to change it. They want their stamp mm-hmm. that something's changed. Even if it's for the worse. Mm-hmm. They're going to change it. And so I saw that going on and not recognizing his talent. That, you know, how many kids did he help to become readers? And they thwarted that. And they, I mean, they did away with it. Just tossed it out. But they can't take away what he did in the past. That's and true. That, just That's like your teacher, when you were talking about your, your college professor, how powerful, if you think about it, what she did um, far outreached herself. Because she's doing that to upcoming teachers. And then like you... That inspired you, motivated you, changed you, mm-hmm. and then you've thus inspired, motivated, and changed so many other people. So when you think about like the reach of one person, is it it goes on forever, like ripples. Yeah, in the world. Yeah, and he had that. I think he had that same impact of the inspiring and motivating and and changing. Well, and and if you want to see what would it have been like if she, because I think she was a sensitive child. Mm-hmm. More so than her sister. Very much so, yeah. And um, could she have survived and thrived as well going through that divorce if they hadn't been doing the streak? No. That's what I I think. I think that was, yes. I think that that streak was needed for both of them Mm -hmm. more than they know. Like, because he had lost his father during the streak. Yeah. And uh, the the separation of his wife and then her sister moving away to a different country like they went they made it through a lot of ups and downs and they knew they had the streak to kind of come back to yeah and he's a crusty guy like he'll call her nitwit and all that but her pet name that he used was lovey and i liked what you said you said where what book is that from but it's not from a book yeah where was it from gilligan's island yeah Yeah. mr howell called his wife lovey and he calls her lovey and then he might say nitwit and stuff and like he acts 
like he doesn't like the cat. The cat, but the cat likes him, and he, and that bothers Alice. Because he calls jealous. the cat names. Yeah, and the cat just comes by him. I think even cats are smart. They know uh, when someone's reading aloud. So I think we're about to wrap up. But what what did you learn from the book? What's one thing that you could say that you learned from the book? Well, I'm thinking in one place I wrote down, but nothing worthwhile is easy, you know. Mm. Um, and and I think. Uh, there's a movie, an old movie, The Farmer's Daughter, who um, the, they're talking and they're saying, well, it would be hard, it wouldn't be easy for her if she wanted to be a politician. That wouldn't be easy. And then the dad, he looks right at his daughter and he said, well, nothing worthwhile is easy. It would It's not easy to raise a family. Mm-hmm. It's not easy to do that. So basically what he was telling her, don't quit. Mm-hmm. Don't avoid hard things which goes with the door in the wall yes what was the quote there um it's good for the soul to do a hard thing yeah and i think that that's what that dad was trying to say and that's what in here they're doing a hard thing but then how do you feel when you do something hard accomplished and proud and then i don't think the hard. and then once you get it going and you get that momentum. If you read to your kids every night, or read to yourself even, you know, you could do a streak with yourself. I think a month into it, then you've got it going, you know, like a fine-tuned, and then it's hard not to. Wasn't that, what you told me that quote about the streak, about the ending of it. What was, did yeah, you write what, that down? No, but it was oh. like not keeping the streak wasn't as hard as ending it. Yeah. And they really had trouble ending it. Yeah. When she went to college, and I'm thinking, because they had, they had committed. They, they were in the were, groove. They were in the groove. So I, I, what I learned would be, I think we already hit on that, um, about it, that one part where she was so upset about the grade, and it wasn't. She didn't know what book it was. She she's not even paying attention to the words, but it's just the the comforting of it. And so I'm like. I, it's not necessary. I think we worry so much about saying and doing the right thing, and it's just sometimes just about being there. Mm-hmm. And and I, so I thought that was so powerful. And then just I I think the book does a good job of just reminding parents to make the most of the time when your kids are at home and make memories. And um, so I love that they had their own thing, and they were themselves. They were themselves. Quirky. Very quirky. Yeah. I mean, he was quirky, but he embraced it. He said you can either look like a monkey or you can iron your outfit and you'll look like, you know, something. Another cool story was the prom dress. That Did was, you love the prom oh, dress? Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm just so glad it worked out. Because oh, my goodness. I was a little concerned because they didn't, you know, they don't have a lot of money. And then he kind of has a poverty mindset anyway because of where he came from. So... Spending a lot of money on a dress, just I don't. He can't he compute that. It. No, and they don't have a lot anyway. So, and then he's a man, so he doesn't understand any of that. But she finds a at a thrift store. At a thrift store, and it was just what she wanted. The perfect. It was wonderful, and she had like fifteen dollars or whatnot. Yeah, and it cost twenty, and there was a rip in it, and the lady said, "Oh well, how does fifteen sound?" <laughs> I mean, the so, girl's yeah. like, "Oh." Uh, but yeah, I mean, there is that poverty mindset that you can't lose. I guess he keeps the thermostat turned down low. He, you know, yeah. I mean, he is um, frugal. 
to a fault. Yeah. yeah. But he's buying bicycles like a crazy person, yeah. you know. But I, I think uh, it teaches what, and one thing you can get from this is you love every, you love the, your people warts and all. Mm. Don't, you don't want to make someone like yourself. Yeah. And I think sometimes we want everybody to be easy to love. Sometimes people are hard to love, you know. Uh, I can say that my, my mom was hard to love. Mm-hmm. My dad was easy, you know. And my friend Patty Arnold, when my dad passed away, she said, I know, I know how hard this is going to be for you. She didn't say that when mom passed away because she knew my identity was with dad because he was, sometimes you do need to be with someone that's easy to be with. But then sometimes who prepared me to meet challenges in life would probably be my mom. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot to being said getting, you know, when you get knocked down, get back up again. Those difficult people help you get ready for life, too. So I think her mom is not in it much. And some of the critics didn't like that she did mention her mom much. But her mom wasn't there. Yeah, I think that just shows she wasn't there. And I said, did they read the book? The mom left. And the mom had boyfriends coming and going. I mean, I, I'm like, did you read the book? <laughs> but they were kind of getting on to uh, Alice for not mentioning the mom. I'm like, okay, it's about the reading. And on the on the front it said, my father and the books we shared. That's what it says on the front. Mm-hmm. And then people said, well, she didn't mention the mother. I'm like, <laughs> hello. She, she did. She mentioned her leaving. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. But, yes. But I, Alice does a fabulous job of writing her writing this memoir and I think she's a great writer because she you I think she writes she shows progression like from the kid's point of view until she gets older so she shows what her thoughts were from a nine-year-old from a nine-year-old and that would be really hard to write from my nine-year-old self now you know I don't know if I can remember what my nine-year-old self was thinking details on, on one page it says, We were in the middle of a balancing act. What we were doing was beautiful, of course, but it was difficult. Mm. And I think in it, it, and then the quote, there's a quote on there where you can't have one, one foot on the shore and one in a boat or something. You know, you can't straddle. Mm-hmm. You cannot straddle. So um, I'm, I'm thinking, uh, no one, I don't think if you read this book, you would regret it. No. I think you would no. love it. It's. It's it's a great read for an adult, for sure. Great. So, and I think that's a wrap on the Reading Promise by Alice Ozma. And I have my I forgot to read this last time, but hey, read Capsters in the know. Whether your book stacks high or low, remember reading makes those brain cells grow. See you on the next one.